Uh oh, we have the tired mom in the building. <laughs> in the building. This is a rare occasion for us. I know it is. We、this、have our is, babysitter here today. This is like a date night. We're kind of treating this as a date day. Yeah. It's snowing here in Tennessee. We're snowed in. Yes.、Um, you're going into work later, maybe. Maybe I might leave right after this. Our kids have been off of school all week. Yep, this is day five. So we <laughs> we got a babysitter for today, and we're choosing to do this podcast. Joaquin, it, my co-host, is not with us today because snow, and and we're just jumping on here real quick. Yeah, and we're gonna talk about what are we gonna talk about? Tired mom. Um. Well, I feel like we have a lot to talk about. I feel like. We've been married for over ten years. Yes, we have been together for over eleven years.、Mm-hmm. We have two children, seven and four,、mm-hmm. and I feel like we're doing pretty good. So we can maybe give a little bit of marital advice. I know it's like I kind of feel imposter syndrome. Like, oh, we're not supposed to do that, but really, we've got to like. Been through a lot, yeah. In eleven years, it, it, you can. I think once you get to that ten year mark, and you're successful, you can start giving advice. Mm-hmm. Because true, yeah. Like two years into the game, yeah. I don't know. Definitely, you, there's so much. There's just so much. So much it, that happens in a decade. You know,、um, yeah. we've gone through so many different phases of our marriage. We've gone through like having different friend groups, watching some people, you know, not make it to the kids' part.、Mm-hmm. We people's,、uh, we've just we've watched a lot. Yeah, I, I would say in the most respectful way, our entire lives, even now, we've seen what not to do. Yes, in marriage, I'm product of divorce. And so am I. And so are you. Your your um, how many like generations does it go back? Oh my gosh! For you, yeah, like a like a lot of generations. I'm trying to think. Every one of my grandparents were divorced too, and then their parents were also divorced. I remember my mom telling me a story about my grandma's mom was like. Shut out of her her church because she got a divorce. What year was that? It like, probably in the like oh I don't know maybe like the forties or something. Oh wow! So like goes back back back. It's it's definitely something that I do not want to repeat. So that was a huge thing when trying to find a spouse too. So how did that affect you in finding a spouse? How did for, I? How did you land on me? <laughs> I feel so lucky. I really for, do. For me, I was really selective. Honestly, I dated around a lot to find what I liked, what I didn't. I knew, you know, I knew what I was wanting, how I wanted to feel, and yeah, went through a lot of trials, <laughs> trial relationships. <laughs> You、what was what? like the biggest deal breaker for you in a relationship? Like, what were, you, what was the one thing that guys did 
that you were you were just non-negotiable. You do that. Oh, He's I not marriage material. Oh, I would say um, any signs of anger, mm. like any signs of anger, I was out. I did would not. No, I would never go for that. If someone couldn't control their emotions and actions, and I remember even like pushing their buttons just to see how they would react. That's and mean. It's very telling though. <laughs> that's mean. <laughs> yeah, but that's so yeah, telling. For you sure. need to know if this person has mm-hmm. an anger issue. Right. Because I'm not, no. Yeah. Not going for that. I remember you telling me a story about one of your exes. Yeah. And he was yelling at you. Yeah. And you just were laughing at him. Yes. And you were just like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I was like, just like, <laughs> you, you are digging your own grave. Buddy. Yeah. The more you yell, the worse this is. Yeah. I was just looking at it and I'm like, I'm never going to talk to you again. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really? I, I just, there's, if there's no self control in that, then what else do you have no self control in? You right. Know? I don't like that. Yeah. And you've never been like that. Yeah, I've ne- I'm I'm not an angry person. I really don't. I mean, uh, of course I have that emotion, but I'm not mm-hmm. like even when I I I was never an angry drunk when I was never. drinking. I like, know. I get blacked out drunk all, all my whole life, like blacked yeah. out drunk and uh I was always a pretty happy drunk. I was just non-existent. Like, you know, yeah, how I would get. He, he would just go into La La Land and just he'd usually dead. sit down alone and start zoning out. And we go, oh, John's gone. Okay. He's gone. <laughs> but never. You angry. were never mean, though. Nope. It's just not. Something. And I mean, I knew that. Like, I knew that like month one with you. I'm like, let me see. I, I, I wonder. I mean, I don't know how much of it is genetic, like anger issues and all that. I, I do think it has a lot to do with upbringing and how much you're around it because my dad my dad was never angry. Yeah. Like he was not you know him. He, oh yeah. He's just he's gentle. He he can be stern. I just sent your mad. dad a reel yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like this old guy and he was saying, "Did I send this to you too?" I think. No. It was this old guy and he was like, "You can choose which version you want to be. Do you want to be the happy guy?" Hey, how the positive guy, or do you want to be the negative guy? Yeah. I don't really like you know. Eeyore. Yeah, like oh, this world is just falling apart. I don't know. And I was like, mm-hmm. I sent it to your dad. I was like, you're the positive guy. I love that. And so is your grandpa. Yes, they're very. they're like jolly. <laughs> love it. My grandpa's amazing person. He's ninety eight years old. Yeah. And he still has the same laugh. He just laughs. His, I mean, obviously he's kind of losing his memory, yeah, um, and all that. But he still will just look at you and laugh. And oh, he's it, so sweet. It's just he's just it's amazing. <laughs> so I, I don't believe he was, even though you know, he was in World War Two and grew up through the forties and. And all that stuff, post uh, depression, all that. I I don't believe he was an angry person either. Now yeah. I'm not sure about his dad, um, but that was definitely like a generational curse, probably. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that that they broke. And I read something. Shout out Daily Dad that I read every day. You know mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it it was saying how interconnected we are to like our great grandparents. 
Oh, that's because interesting. they their actions either molded like your actions, like either something you want to break or something you want to continue mm. on mm-hmm. that you are actually, you know, more related to four generations ago than you than you think. Because That's if they didn't do what they so did, weird. then you wouldn't do what you did. Right. Oh, you know? yeah. Because sometimes, you know, to break that generational curse, we have to live through it ourselves. You don't want to pass on that anger issues. So you're not going to, that's, your intentions are going to be to, to not yell at your kids or to not overreact. Yes. And if it wasn't for that grandpa two generations or that grandma two generations ago, yelling at your mom or, or, or whatever, then maybe you would have been angry. I don't know. Well, and it's like, usually each generation improves upon the last, like, if my, you know, grandma was a certain way, then my mom tried to correct certain things mm-hmm. there. And then like, I will try to correct certain things that my mom did too. And it's like, and then that just makes life better for our kids because we've learned so much from each generation. Well, at mm-hmm. least that's how you're supposed to, to do it. Like, I think some people use that an ex- as an excuse, like, well, my parents were this way. And it's like, well, yes. you can change. We can't use our parents as an excuse right? for the way we are. No. You have the choice to be yeah, completely you, different. You can't. We can't say, well, all we've seen in our life is divorce. Um, yeah. So no, if we get divorced, why. it's just in our genes. Yeah. I'm like, nah. Uh, no. Instead of going, okay, what did they do wrong? Yeah. And let's not do that. Mm-hmm. And it's 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 interesting to think it's like when you are choosing somebody you're in usually like your early 20s mm-hmm. and it's i'm just like wow thank god i was a uh, late I 20s had my i don't know thank god i was smart about things and i was really aware yes. because like you're making this decision in your 20s it's mm-hmm. supposed to carry you through the rest of your life yep you like barely even know what you want to do in life at that point so but thankfully, <laughs> I did find you and I waited for you because, Same. you know, there's, there's people that maybe I dated that my parents would have been totally good with me settling down with them. But it, when something fell off, you listen. had to listen to it. So it would have been easier to just, you know, stay in a relationship because it was comfortable. But you've got to listen to that little Happy. voice um, because oh, who wants to be married to somebody that they're not truly committed connected to and connected to, to yeah. understands you. I, I think the biggest thing, and if I could give one piece of advice for anybody that's about to get married is, or that wants to get married, look at that person because we're all imperfect and there's that quote, it's like, you find your imperfect, perfect person or whatever. They're going to have things that are different than you. They're going to have imperfections. And look at those imperfections and imagine 20 years, 10 years down the road, those imperfections do not go away. Or maybe they even get worse. Can you live with that? Because a lot of people will think that those imperfections are going to get better better. 
oh, it's going to get better once we're married for a certain amount of time, or oh, it's going to get better once we have kids.、Mm-hmm. It does not get better. No, it gets harder. Harder. And those imperfections can be、um, amplified after kids.、Um, so I would call those red flags, right? Definitely. Like the imperfections, oh, she's messy. Or whatever.、Yeah. Uh, I can live with that. That's fine. I'll be the clean one. She'll be the messy one. Fine. I don't care.、Um, anger issues.、Mm-hmm. That's an imperfection. That、yeah. is a red flag. Anger issues assume they will not go away,、mm-hmm. <laughs> right? They will get worse, especially、yeah. after kids. And then it's like, is that the mother or the father that you want for your children? An angry mom or an angry dad? No. Yeah, and don't, so, don't make excuses for them, you know? Imperfections like, do not get better, or it, you can't assume they get better. Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, people、Something. can grow. I mean, we've, we've definitely grown, gotten we've better. We've changed. But we are two people who are always willing to compromise with each other and meet each other in the middle. That's huge. It's huge. Huge. That's, that's been our like, saving grace. We always talk about things, we always address issues, and then we. Figure out how to make it make these things better. Or, like, a big thing for us is that I was messy and he was a neat freak. <laughs> so, we fought about that a lot in the beginning. But, I, and I'm like, I would explain to him and he'd listen that I'm just, I, I'm ADD. I don't know. I don't even see the mess. Yeah. And, I- and I'm not doing it purposely. So, then I would have to, like, Make myself see the mess and go, okay, let me clean that because this will make him happy and take、mm-hmm. some stress off of you. So I'd be like, let me just do all these dishes, which is really hard for me to just like complete a whole task. I have to talk to myself the whole time. <laughs> My brain is. I laughed to myself because I think it happened like the other day. Like、yeah. you did the dishes, but left、mm. like、yeah. four pans. I don't know. And like the straight, like, there's like a, just, a mental block. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I don't、really、know. <laughs> think that you cannot mentally have an empty sink. I, there might be something, yeah. Like, you even told me that a long time ago. You said, it makes me feel better if there's just like a couple dishes in here. I don't know. Which、I'm、is almost freaking weird. I don't, relate to <laughs> I don't relate to that, but that's a compromise. Like, that's something I can totally live with. Yeah. I can live with、um, you not doing the dishes and, all the time. Or you. And I'm you, not really messy anymore. No. It's more like my sink is messy. That's my place. Makeup and、yeah. that whole thing. But I, I don't. But like I'm constantly vacuuming、okay? and constantly doing the laundry now. It's like I've just gotten way better at that. What? I was like, do most women have makeup all over their counter?、Mm, I don't know. No. You don't think so? You think they're organized with it?、Mm, a lot of my friends are really organized with it because、mm. they're like well, you type have some A. Type, yeah. That's different. Yeah. Because, <laughs> well, we always joke that. I'm always like the guy. Yes. And you're like the girl. <laughs> yes. In the way of like, I'm type A and you're not. Yeah. Like you're more laid back than I am. I'm like, Clean the oh, people are coming over. We got to clean the house. I mean, I'm you are like, like the、that. house to be clean, but but there's just I'm better at cleaning certain things. 
you're like way more efficient. Way more. <laughs> I don't know. Like, you don't know what to do with things. Like you're like, I, I don't know what to do. And then you, you shut down. Like when we organize the kids' rooms or the toys and stuff, we'll get to that one point or, or oh, closets. We'll stuck. get to that one point, which is <laughs> this is do or die. Like we're, we're in it. We can't mm-hmm. just stop now because there's clothes all over the bed. You freeze up and you're like, I don't know what to do. And that, I'm like, curl oh, no, up in a ball. I don't this know what's the wrong. best part. This is when we're, <laughs> we're about to make it over the hump. So I'm like, you go, hon. You go. And you got I this. Finish it. <laughs> <laughs> and fine. then I'm probably off doing something else. I don't know. Rearranging. Oh, something. yeah. You're, and then you're like, um, we oh, need a new know. mirror for this corner. I'm like, you're trying to redecorate the house. Yeah. I'm trying to just organize this closet. Yeah. And then you're, you're like, looking up a closet organizers. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, for like an hour. Yeah. I don't know. So these are things yeah, those that are we've things. figured out. It's but just, it works because yeah. you give me grace and I give you grace with things that you have. Yeah. And we're just like. And there's things I'm not organized with. Like I'm not clean and organized with everything. Yeah. Like I do weird stuff. Yeah. Like he'll shave his face and he just leaves all the hair all over the sink all the time. Yeah. It's weird how our brains work because mm-hmm. like that doesn't bother me because I go, well, I'll wash it out later. You know, like, and I'm like, ew, there's little like, hairs everywhere. Dishes, <laughs> dishes, things on the counter drive me insane. I can't, e- I can't even think straight when things are on the counter, the table, like <laughs> your first apartment. Oh my god, I you know. had like a craft table, which was your dining table. Yeah, like that kind of stuff, and it was covered in mail. Oh, that's it, it's <laughs> mail pile up, and you it, like I still pile still, like you pile it up uh, by the coffee maker. I'm like, you go ahead and do something. And I'm with like, this. honey, this is getting out of control. Do we even know what's in here? Oh yeah, this bill's past due. You know, like, I'm like, <laughs> know. how do you do that? You're just like put it. I'm over giving here. it to you. Yeah, that's pretty much what's happening. Yeah, it's just been our system it though. It it's a weird thing, but that's that's part of our marriage Again, that's just, and that's like, life imperfect. That's the kind of thing that's doable and easy and it doesn't make anybody resent anybody. It's more like, because we talk about it and we try to do better all the time. Right. It's like, yeah, we're, we're constantly trying, Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, trying to keep, but yeah, that, that stuff, I look at that, like, is that going to affect the, the quality of mother? She is wife, everything. I get over it. Like if you were, mean to me all the time or condescending or mm-hmm. whatever those are like red flags so you checked all the all the boxes you know um yeah and you just have to be ready you know i, I think there's a lot of well societal pressures and there's a lot of uh parental pressures like hey you're 28 you need to get married and have mm-hmm. kids i want grandkids like in the next four years come on come on yeah. And you, you're out there searching frantically. It, it's kind of like, it's like that you, you don't make good decisions when you're in a panic or yeah, in a rush. That's true. That, first of all, I always say this, do the best you can to make sure you're healed from any like past trauma and all of that. Like, make sure you're as good as you can. Of course, life is a healing process. You're never going to be fully healed. It's a, a constant growth. But Try to heal yourself as much as possible. Make sure you're ready to enter a life with someone else. You know, figure out all your past, everything. And then 
Um, yeah. Find what you really, you know, get out there and date, get out of your comfort zone and figure out what you like and don't like. Don't just settle. Like, don't just settle. Mm-hmm. Know that, like, write them down, write like 10 qualities. Like, I want these 10 qualities and these are my red flags. And if they have any of these red flags, don't think, oh, well, that's like my fifth most important red flag. That will probably get better. No. Listen to your gut. It does not get better. Yeah. And people who have been married for a while know, like, marriage ebbs and flows. And, yes. and like, yeah, you throw kids into the mix and, oh, man. Amplifies everything. Yeah, it was just, gets really hard emotionally and mm-hmm. you're tired and there's a lot that goes into that. So. You got to kill the ego. We, we've talked about it. Um on a previous podcast with you about you going through postpartum and me not understanding all that and me taking offense to it and all that. When, if I would have just killed my ego and know that you were just going through what you were going through, Mm -hmm. I would have got over it. I wouldn't have like tried to fix it. Yeah. No, I just would have been a, a better support, but it's okay. Yeah. We learned yeah, a lot learned. through that. That's the thing, like, you you just being aware of that and you just saying mm-hmm. that you're sorry, that's healed a lot of that stuff that we had going on back then, too. Because it, we both always, we communicate, <laughs> like, a lot about this kind of stuff. It is amazing how much that, like, fixes most things in marriage. It's mm-hmm. just a simple, I'm sorry. I yeah. was wrong. I'm sorry. Yeah. That's so like, true. For in the beginning, that was so hard for me to do. I think yeah. it was hard for you to do as well. It was. <clears throat> we were so uh fight till the end, yes. you know. And then when uh, man, it's such a weight off your shoulders when you go. You know what? Hey, honey, I really wanted to win that argument, and I still think I'm right. But I'm sorry. You're right. I made you feel a certain way. You know, mm-hmm. I'm seeing this situation different because we're different people. We're different, imperfect people. Right. But I am sorry. I'm sorry. Yep, can, it goes a long way. Just move on mm-hmm. instead of holding that because it will it will build up and it will turn into something bad in 10 years, 20 years even. Right. I've seen, I've seen marriages fail after 24 years. Yeah. And the problem started 20 years before that. Mm-hmm. And when they, if they would have attacked those things 20 years when they came up, may not have happened. Pretty much everybody's marriages that we've seen fail. Yep. And so first advice, red flags, got to know them. You, you got to know what you want in a person and listen to your gut Do you, because I've seen a lot of people marry the wrong person. Um, and then know that it doesn't it's not this fairy tale yeah marriage is not a fairy tale like you will have bad days you will have bad months you will have bad years Mm -hmm. but is that person are you in love with that person so much that you'll go through anything with them right anything that's a big deal like anything yes you know there i mean the the wedding vows like you know, I feel like reading those again because there's so much in there that I think we just like skim over. You know, 
till death do us part. We're just gonna we're just gonna say that to somebody else, right? And not mean it, you know. So th- these are just things to think about before. That's that's first. And is that person worth going through it all? Parenting is just hard, and marriage is hard, and all of it together. So make sure you got that right person. And right. I definitely do. I know. I too. love you. I love you too. I can't like I love you more than I did like year one or two year three. It's weird. I know. We are, our weird. our relationship is actually way better now. It's it, yeah. I, I think maybe it has to do with coming out of those like baby years too. Mm-hmm. Those were those were hard. So hard. Because there's like a loss of sleep and there's a little bit of like, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I was just tired. Tired. And and to to be honest, I mean, I wasn't taking care of myself, my my mental health and and all of that like I should have been. I think if I were to do it now it'd be totally different. So Does that I mean I've you just, want another baby. Uh, your pregnancies <laughs> are too bad. They are too bad. I wouldn't do that to you. Oh, it's, and that was a whole, a whole another thing. Like when I was pregnant, I was a miserable person to be around, I think. It, it, well, I mean, you're just, you're I sick so for sick. what, five weeks, six weeks, and then you're just. And then I was passing out. Yeah, and then you had some panic blood, attacks. Blood pressure. Yeah, thing, my blood pressure was really attacks. low. I was just terrible. It's just. Brutal. So that's and no then fun. you have a C-section and you, you had this hor- you know, crazy surgery. Yeah, just recovering. And then it's like just yeah, having sleepless, sleepless nights. nights. And then they're so little. It's just a lot. Mm. It's a lot. So that is a hard time. I'm sure a lot of people relate to that um, yeah. being a little bit rough. But now that our kids are four and seven, I think the dynamics change. There's... It really, truly has come back to like us a little yep. bit more. Like we look forward so much to our time together. Mm-hmm. We um, have fun together. Yes. Like it's fun to be with you. <laughs> yeah. And so we live here alone. We don't have any family. Yeah. I've said this a bunch. Um, we don't have any help mm-hmm. from family. We have been okay and just focusing on our children like a lot just having that family unit together we don't have scheduled date nights like we know people with with a lot of help from parents and they do like every tuesday night they go out have a date night or at least a couple times a month i I think we've gone a year without a date night i know which is terrible i don't suggest that like get a babysitter like once a month or something. We should probably be more intentional. But yeah. also, I just don't mind staying home with everyone. Neither do I. And, and putting the kids to bed early and then just me and you like sitting in this room and talking. Remember those right. nights? Like we, we do those nights or watching or something. Or watching something or we're like, oh, let's just, you know, um, just it's almost like a date after yeah. the kids go to bed. Mm-hmm. And it's like plan and we're like oh yeah we're gonna be hanging yeah. out and then like, yeah we'll, we'll have those date nights every once in a while and that feels great i'm just such a homebody i'm like i don't care i would rather have my but, date night cuddled up on the couch but yeah I, I don't feel like 
us not doing that has really affected us in a negative way. It hasn't. But that's us. Like, I don't suggest that for everyone. That's like, our Figure out what works for thing. you. But, you know, you also deal with the cards you're dealt. And um, sometimes, you know, date nights cost us $300. Yeah. Like, you, you got a babysitter. You got dinner. Mm-hmm. You know, you got a fun activity or whatever. And, yeah, I'm sure we, still... Still, it's at least a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollars for a babysitter for two kids around yeah. here. Like that's the going rate. So that even if the date night costs zero dollars, you're one hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> like for a date night. So yeah, I mean, you do that once a week. That's six hundred dollars a month. I'm like, uh, and, let's make or we'll just put the kids to bed <laughs> at seven and yeah. you know stay up till midnight. Whatever. Yeah, I really enjoy that because then it's like, and we like put our phones away yeah, and talk and hang out and that's my favorite thing. And there are, I know that there's people that go on vacation for like a week every year. Together. I know, it's amazing. And we have yet to gone up, go on a, we have yet to go on a vacation without our kids. I don't know if crazy. we ever will. I, I don't know if we ever will. And we're okay <laughs> with that. Like. We're just going to plan our vacations, take our kids with us when mm-hmm. they get old enough, which is in like six or seven years, mm-hmm. we'll, then we'll start vacationing once a year alone or something. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, not everybody is okay with that. Some right. people have family. Oh, it's like that that reel you made that people were real. Yeah. Real well, up in arms about it. <laughs> anytime people get up in arms over anything I post, it's just a reflection. Uh, they're, they're, they're feeling guilty. And I, my intention is to never put guilt on people. My intention right. has always been to share my story. And if it's relatable to you, great. If it's not, just accept it for what it is. I'm not telling you to do anything. It just is what it is. Right. Like, it's just my yeah. story. It's my it's thing. It's our and situation, if, your if that's story. Not, relatable to you or that's mm-hmm. not your story that's completely fine we're all doing our best and we're all dealing with the cards that we're dealt yeah totally mm-hmm. you know recently i'm i'm talking about being over a year sober and i'm for the first time ever in my life like pretty proud of myself for accomplishing that is probably one of the hardest things i've ever done yeah and um, i'm so proud of you thank you it's been amazing to watch your self-control if it wasn't for you i don't know um the support which is interesting because like and and just so everybody knows like i i still have drinks Mm. um and you've never made me feel like guilty about that ever which is very because i would i don't know i i don't know why i always thought if like you were sober that you would expect me to be sober too and you're not like that. Because it's not like that. For me, it's not like that. I'm not, um, it has nothing to do with you. You know, it has to do with, with the personal growth of myself mm-hmm. and all the stuff that I haven't dealt with from when, since I was 12 years old. Right. Um, and I clearly have some sort of genetic factor that makes me go overboard with substances and makes me want to, feel that way all the time first time like and i can take it or leave it i just don't have that like same i'm i'm pretty sure i I became addicted to alcohol like the first time i ever got drunk and then really first time i ever did anything that 
that I loved. I, I got addicted to Adderall first time I did it because I did it for the first time. I said, I, I'm going to do this every day. No, every drug I did was like that. So that's not normal way of thinking, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't just being a dumb teenager. I did that into my 20s, you know, yeah, and, and into my 30s with drinking. So definitely I'm wired differently. You're not wired like that. And it's, I, I mean, when I've, you know, those first couple months, I don't think you drank much at all. No, I didn't. Because you, you just didn't want to do like, it in front of me. And this is not even enjoyable. That was, you know, that was nice. To, yeah. You're not like. Yeah. But and you're so, just, you can have one drink and be done. Yeah. I I'm cannot just, have one drink. Yeah. I, I'm really good with like one drink and then I'll have water. <laughs> and like, yeah. I'm just like, okay, I'm good. But it's also just, yeah, it's, you've been so strong this last year and it's really well I keep telling you I'm like it's so attractive (laughs) (laughs) I'm like dang you are like hey wow advice to the men out there do hard things in front of your wife and (laughs) and yeah uh, (laughs) yeah see that laugh that's a a genuine laugh right there (laughs) do hard things in front of your wife and things are good um (laughs) things are good (laughs) things will be good (laughs) But yeah, back to it, like when I post about my sobriety journey and I'm I'm talking about being a sober dad, a sober parent, it's, that's my journey. And I'm not looking down upon any parent that drinks because um, now if you're an alcoholic and you need help, obviously get help, heal yourself. But, and if it's affecting your, your, you know, fatherhood, motherhood journey, but there are people like my wife that can have one drink, it relaxes her and she goes to bed and it doesn't affect her parenting. She does it after the kids are in bed. She's not hung over in the morning. Um, she doesn't go out on girls nights all the time and, and, and come home and be dusted for the whole weekend. Like, <laughs> you know, and right. it, hey, if you do that every once in a while, good yeah, for you. It's like, like I've do done it. that too. You, you should but... have a supportive spouse that watches the kids or raises the kids, whatever. <laughs> um, oh, as the parent, yeah, I watches the kids. <laughs> as the parent parents the kids while you rest, right? Your hangover, whatever. But for me, this has been a a a, a substance abuse problem since I was. 13 years old and drinking was the last thing to go and it was getting worse and I did not want my kids to be teenagers looking at their dad drunk all the time and Mm -hmm. I was going down that path 2020 really really I was gonna be the dad that was drunk encouraged and yeah my kids my daughter was just getting to the age where she would stop picking up on it and that was enough for me that was it and uh, I couldn't control it anymore I I wasn't supposed to drink that one night, the last time I drank, and I drank a half bottle of tequila, woke up super hungover. Yeah. It affected the way I was a dad that day. I was done. That's I was right, done. yeah. And you kind of did a couple stints of like not drinking for a while, like the whole year before that. Um, and then you would feel so much guilt for yeah. some like, you know, just getting really, really hammered. It, it was... <laughs> and it was... It yeah. was... I, I think I tried to quit drinking for a, a solid three years. Like it was my intention to never drink again. And um, and I learned so much in that process of what to do, what not to do. And the first thing was going into it saying, 
I'm never going to drink again. Like not just one day at a time, which it is now, which is why I post days, whatever, because I am taking it one day at a time. Mm -hmm. I'm not even thinking about tomorrow. I'm thinking about today and changing my mindset to that is what made me succeed because I would go in, you know, I'm all or nothing. I would go into it. Yeah. I'm going (laughs) to get sober forever. Right. And you go into it like that. You're just setting yourself up for failure one day at a time. Mm-hmm. And, and it truly is. And one, and I heard people say that, but once I lived it and got it and, and did it for a year, oh, that's what you do. Mm-hmm. It's one day at a time. Sometimes it's one minute at a time. There were some of those a year ago. Geez. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so glad I'm past that. Um, it was, it was for 15 minutes. Sometimes I had to really dig deep because mm. man, I would have just liked it like a 24 ounce of, uh, oh. something, you know? Yeah. It just That's... to, just to kill it, just to, just to kill that desire. Right. Um, and that desire gets so strong and also just to numb everything going on in your brain. Yeah. And just thinking, damn, I just want this to go away and I know how to make it go away right now. But yes. I'm not. So yeah. gosh. Ugh. I know, I'm and then you I'm got through, through a whole year. So you got through each like big mm-hmm. event. It's like, you know, you go through St. Patrick's Day and then there's like mm-hmm. Cinco de Mayo and then The first uh, <laughs> vacation was the hardest. Oh yeah, vacation. Me, we me used and you, to- uh, I think we went to the beach in March and I was only <sighs> yeah. like three months in. That's that right. was hard. It, it kind of put me in a bad mood the first day. And then I started to feel guilty, like I wasn't enjoying the vacation. And I was crank. Because that was know. like our thing. We would yeah, just drink just, a I, lot. I, I wasn't able to relax. On vacation. <laughs> I wasn't able to relax, um, all that. But I would say it, wouldn't, it wasn't until probably nine or 10 months that I could go to a Christmas, like go to Christmas, Christmas party, parties and Halloween stuff like that. Party. Yeah. Not even think about it. No, no desire mm-hmm. for me. Non-alcoholic beer is great for those situations, but sparkling water I think is the saving grace for me. Yeah, like, as long as I this have my sparkling water, I'm so much good. Sparkling water. I've never. No, I'm totally addicted to sparkling water now. I start freaking <laughs> out like when I grab the last one and say it's like, like ten no. o'clock at night. I'm like, I don't have any for tomorrow. We even have a soda stream, but you don't. It's just use not the it. same. I need the can. I don't know. It's weird. Maybe you could just like fill the soda stream and then like pour it in the can. And then whenever I go and kombucha, <laughs> I'm also addicted to. I've been addicted to that forever. Coffee as well. But yes. I, I, I don't know. Do I need to quit that too? I you love I I, I got to have something. You love drinks. I love drinks. <laughs> you are like a yeah. drink guy. I have a kombucha, a coffee. A tea. A, a tea, a sparkling water. Oh yeah, you know, nonstop drinking something. It's true. You're very hydrated. I'm not big on energy drinks that much. I know a lot of people in recovery like pound those energy drinks. I just don't like how they make me feel. It's a little. I don't know. I I think. Like also, I drink enough coffee. I don't need an energy drink. Yeah, don't add that yeah. in too. Yeah, don't get addicted to that too. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> that's what we need. <laughs> I was addicted to energy pre-workout actually for a while. Oh yeah. I would, like, oh nah. man, that, I, was like that makes crack. me like cracky. It, it, if the pre workout makes you want to go home and write a book after the gym, <laughs> eh, eh, 
<laughs> might be a little something else in there. <laughs> but man, um, well, tired mom. What time is it? I know it's eleven. I might have to go to work. I um, I just want to say this one quote that I saw today. Oh yeah, that's. And we we talk about our intentions with our kids and uh, generational curses that we want to break. And I want to like um, put this up on my mirror or something every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it goes like this. Quit yelling at your kids before they go to bed and expect them to sleep well. Quit yelling at your kids in the morning right after they wake up before school and expect them to have a good day. You set the tone for your children. You set the tone for your voice that they will always remember in their heads. You become their inner voice. Don't be their inner critic. Let's raise kids who don't need therapy to heal from their childhoods. Speak life. Speak love. Speak bravery and kindness and hope. Speak wisdom and truth. But most of all, listen to your children. Be their safety net. Be their home. That was written by Michelle Sorensen, I believe. I think she's an actress. Um, But that is the best... That's like just, motto to live by. Yeah, it's Not such that. a good <laughs> reminder. And I think uh, what we were talking about with our intentions as parents, like stop yelling at your kids before bed. Have you ever yelled at our kids before bed? Yeah. I have too. Have you ever yelled at them before school? Oh, yeah. How about the bus stop, you know? Yeah. Those days when it, that one day ate me apart. Um. Mm-hmm. It's not about never doing something. Like, obviously, there are some things never to do. But never yelling at your kids is almost unrealistic. Mm -hmm. But if your intentions are to never yell at your kids, chances are you're not going to do it enough for them to remember. Right? Yes, that's so true. We're, We're going to mess up in parenting. But if our intentions is to not do something, we're not going to do it enough for them to have to heal from it. Mm-hmm. I know we just asked Dakota and Asher for like, does do um does Daddy ever yell at you? And they're like, no. <laughs> like I'm like I wow. just did. No, I know. <laughs> I'm like, oh, but, here I am. I'm beating myself up. You know, which is a good, healthy thing I think to have awareness of that. Of course, and I think there's we, a healthy amount of guilt. Yeah, there's a healthy amount of mm-hmm. guilt. Like, obviously, it's just like you got to move on from the guilt and you have to mm-hmm. just say you're sorry and do better. Yep. That's all. It, that's huge. Apologizing. So a- anytime you mess up to apologize, what was it that also we just saw a quote? Um, if you want to break a generational curse, don't get offended when your ch- child criticizes you in some way. Mm. Don't get defensive. Like, just take the criticism and say, okay. And it's kind of like the stuff we're talking about in marriage. Yeah. Like, just take it, kill the ego and everything. And I think that's huge. Um, Yeah, don't don't get defensive if your children criticize you. Hmm. Um, We all heard that as millennials. I think we all heard, um, I gave you life, (laughs) you know? Brought Um, you in this world, I can take you out. Yeah, and... uh, (laughs) Oh, yeah. You know, just kind of, uh, you need to be grateful. Do you know how much I've done for you? How could you say that to me? I'm your dad. I'm your mom. Mm -hmm. Um, You need to be grateful. You need to show respect. 
listen, if you want your kids to respect you, you got to be worthy of respect. Got to be earned. And and kids are terrible listeners. They do what they see. Mm-hmm. And another huge thing, shout out Daily Dad again. I love you. Um, <laughs> about talking bad about other people in front of your kids, oh, which mm-hmm. I'm guilty of. I've done it. And I that's... If there's a 2024 goal, it, like we should be more intentional than that. Our kids are getting older. Yes. But just, I'm not even talking about like saying horrible things. I'm, I'm talking about just saying things that annoy you about another person or just talking as adults, like having those adult conversations that we're going to have anyways, but don't do them in front of your kids because your kids are listening to more than you think. Yeah. And are you saying kind things? Yeah. You know, it, because- how are they going to be kind kids? Exactly. How, how are they going to be kind? How are they going to be respectful? How are they, you know, not going to tell another person you're annoying if they've heard you say it, mm. you know, mm-hmm. even in the other room, mm-hmm. like that's, that's something to be very aware of daily. But again, this is not about being a perfect parent. No such thing. It's about having those intentions every single day. and to just do your best, apologize when you get it wrong, take the criticism, compromise, all that stuff. And these are daily reminders. Just the biggest thing I learned in my sobriety journey is the day-to-day stuff. And I've learned so much that has nothing to do with sobriety that I can transfer into being a better husband, a dad. And that is, it's one day at a time. Everything. Yeah. And just keep showing up. And keep showing up. I mean. Just keep on showing up. That's it. All right, I tired mom. That. Thanks for I having me this. on. I loved talking to you. Just I always love talking to you too. It's my <laughs> favorite hobby. Do you remember just one thing before we leave? And this is just a little motivational thing for, for any young parents because we were much younger at the time. Mm-hmm. But... Me and my wife are both entrepreneurs. She's an amazing hairstylist, been doing it 20 years, has grown her business, um, which has led us to be with our kids more. Um, I have done a bunch of things in the past 10 years, a bunch of things. I've been an entrepreneur since I was like 25 years old, just various things, training, online businesses, all that. Clearly, this is a business to me now. Uh, with our clothing brand, Tired Dad, Tired Mom, this podcast, my social media, everything. And before any of this even started, and we were just trying to figure out something to do, we sat on the back porch and we would have these talks. And I'd come up with these crazy ideas and you'd be like, eh, I don't know about that one. But you said one day, one of these talks is going to lead to something great. Mm-hmm. I remember sitting on our back porch talking about that. And here we are on a semi-successful like, podcast yeah. talking yeah. about that. <laughs> I know. And, I, and I, I just was like, I know something. Like one of these brainstorms is going to lead to something. Yeah. And I also, didn't I say, honey, you got to get on social media. I think you'd yeah. be really great. Well, I was on social media. But like, I've been on social media since MySpace. Oh, oh but not like this. Not like this. No. Not, not with an intention to build a community uh, uh, yeah and and this is more than i could have ever asked for because not only is it something i love to do but it's a message 
that I live by. It's a message that we should all live by. It's helping other people. That's what I've always set out to do. Yeah. It's what could be better than that? It's just it, it feels really good. It's um, like even if you help one person, yeah, which, it's totally worth worth it because yep. the hope is that you can help people that will then carry on to the next generation and the next generation. Yeah. So it's so, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> I'm super grateful. I'm super grateful for you. I'm grateful for you. Jessica is your name. Thank you. Tired mom. <laughs> um I, I'm just I, I'm full of gratitude. Um I, I've I've been through a lot personally in the past year. Um and uh only really you know the depths of that. No one else does. Um, you're the only one that knows. So thank you for being the support. I hope everybody can find a support like that in their life. Um, but I love you so much. I love you too. <laughs> and you're welcome. <laughs> thank you for listening. Keep showing up. Thank you for listening to the Tired Dad Podcast. To show my appreciation, all listeners receive 15% off at tireddad.com by entering code TIREDADPOD at checkout. That's Tired Dad P-O-D. Keep showing up.